0: Hello, welcome back. Uh, today I was going to talk a little bit about listening to depression, how understanding your pain can heal your life. Uh, is a book written by Lara Webb, L-A-R-A Webb. She's a PhD and I have really found this book to be uh, very instrumental in helping me with uh, my own uh, battle with depression. And in chapter five, I uh, really I haven't covered this point, which I I thought was really important uh, to to do. And I quote: um, Thoughts of suicide are the most frightening and dangerous symptoms of depression. If you have had suicidal thoughts, you were probably frightened by the destructiveness. You you saw in yourself Approximately 15% of indi- individuals With severe major depression End their lives through suicide And suicidal thoughts are common in depressed people However, if you have made serious plans for your suicide Such as thoughts about what sort of uh, note you would leave Or how to leave your affairs in order Then you should recognize these as signs that you are urgent, in urgently need professional help. You should consider an inpatient treatment program until you are certain that you are not at risk to yourself. End of quote. And, yeah, I couldn't <laughs> say it better. That's why I had to quote it. Um, I have had uh, my own situations uh, during uh, depression, and the... Uh, first episode, I'll probably just talk about, uh, I've I've actually had to do this, what there, she's talking about as far as being admitted to the hospital, because I was at my wits, and it was sort of the last straw, it's the last door on the left, and um, that the first time that I did it, of course, I knew nothing, this is a first time experience, so I knew nothing about admitting myself or um, the disease I had or anything like that. Uh, at that time, it was, I was heavy into the drinking and drugs. And um, so I reached out uh, for help after a a bottom that was low enough at the time where police at the house, uh, uh, you know, destruction and and, uh, you know, one of these types of episodes. And then the next day I, I said, uh, you know, enough is enough, and I need to basically go to the hospital. And like I said, I didn't know anything about uh, detox or anything like that. So that was the start. Uh, the uh, That first five days um, when I remember, you know, my... Ex-wife now uh, came to the hospital and my mom, and it was like I wanted them to uh, to get closer so that I could whisper to them that I was an alcoholic, and of course they looked at me like, uh, "No shit, you know we've known that for a long time," and uh, but. It was new to me, <laughs> you know, is the main point. And um, so that started it, and uh, I ended up in a 30-day program after that. And that was the first time for thir- that I was able to stay away from drinking and drug for 30 days or 35 days in a row at that point, um, since I was, like, in seventh grade. Uh, and But that's how the journey started. So I guess my whole point is that um, this importance of uh, having to do this. So I have spent more years, I mean, that walked me away from that addiction. Um, I had to crop up a couple of times uh, afterwards in my life for short periods of time. And and I mentioned that I, I've had to do this, I'm uh, 61 now, so uh, since my first time was 22, and I've had to do it like five times in my life where it got bad enough that this is, you know, this is what I needed needed to do in order to save myself. And um, the each time, each episode when I reflect on that is that I was, you know, on medication and doing the things that normal people do that... Uh, suffer with depression, uh, counseling, and eating right and all that. But the times that I actually fell back into my other addictions, whether it was heavy pot smoking or uh, drinking a few times, um, that has usually led me back into the hospital. Um, I remember I went to a psychiatrist during one of these episodes, and... Uh, I uh, told him that medication wasn't working, and he had his pad out and pen. And I mentioned that I was smoking uh, marijuana again, and he says, well, you know, how much uh, how much are you doing that? And I says, well, just several joints a day or so. And he just, like, stopped writing and, like, you know, looks at me and just says, you know, it doesn't matter what I write. Uh, it's not going to work. You know, you're basically... Uh, ruining the chemistry in your brain. Anything that we're giving you or whatever is just not going to work. And lesson learned. And um, so those things usually, those were the things that led me to where I actually ended up having to sign myself in. Um, I have had uh, other lows that were serious, but uh, as long as uh, alcohol and drugs weren't in the mix, I was able to handle them through conventional means, meaning psychiatrists. Even at times, you know, calling suicide hotline, uh, counselor reaching out to some family members, um, and exercising and eating right and all of that, and have been able to walk through that. Um, difficult. Yeah, Um, and but that is all because of these other past experiences, um, and where I have gotten that low with the uh, suicidal ideology of you know thinking about it like most of the day every day. um, That is the the last. Door on the left because I do know it's a chemistry thing. As far as I have a nursing background and I know enough about um, this subject, as far as how this is, there's a chemical imbalance, and usually there's people in the family, addictive disorders, you know, all, and all of this, and you know that has a lot of truth to it. It doesn't have to be necessarily so in your in other people's cases, but it's so in mine, and. I am just glad that it's there. Um, I joked around uh, with <laughs> my girlfriend. I said uh, th- uh, because I'm a veteran, I, w- I had to go into the VA hospital, and I-, I refer to it as the flight deck. You know, I needed to fly in <laughs> to the flight deck to to get reorganized. You know, get my medication adjusted, um, things like that. Get out of um, the norm and the noise and everything and um, you know just to recoup it's just like any other illness you go in the hospital for five days and you come out uh, a better person and that's what happens Uh, there's no reason to um, I would hope anybody listening to any of this um, would you know leave that door open Uh, I my cousin uh, committed suicide and there was warnings, you know, there was plenty of warnings uh, beforehand, you know, like with this type of thinking and their, the drinking was in the picture and things like that. And it led to the night where I'm sure he wasn't planning on dying that day, uh, but came home drunk. The wife called the cops, the cops come in, he had a shotgun and he, he shot himself in the head. And um, that all happened within a couple of minutes. Boom, you know, it's just like um, that's how quick. But even though it was that quick that night, there was a whole bunch happening before that. Um, You know, the episodes with the drinking and so forth, the rage that he had, um, you know. So even though it happened in a split second, it happened because of the not addressing and not being able... To really handle the situation, which happens a lot of time, Dr- drinking is usually definitely a big part of the picture when it comes to this, uh, where actual people actually commit suicide. And um, so, I sort of got off track with that, but that I just sort of made well, I give you an example of what I've experienced in my life, you know, um, the way it happened with my cousin, and it took a long time to recover from that. In fact, that's the whole reason of doing the podcast and trying to start meetings for kicking depression in the ass in the public and working with people because if we address these things and can have a healthy mindset, it doesn't have to get to this extreme. Like on a scale from 1 to 10, that's an eleven and it doesn't have to go there um i like to look i like to see myself around an eight which is you know uh good uh being that scale goes that way uh but that's not necessarily so sometimes it might be more like a a four or a three and a one is uh, uh i feel lower than the curb and um you know suicidal and uh don't don't hit there that often um I have, but not, you know, not um, in months. Um, uh, Especially since I started working on this, uh, reading and doing the exercises in the book that I mentioned, and coming up with the insight that, uh, like any other the the addiction I had uh, with smoking or you know drinking and things like that, that once you realize there's this addiction, which depression isn't it you can be addicted to that as well. And it's becomes like a common thread in my mind and our beliefs and so forth. And we just, you know, can't get out of our own way. Uh, but so realizing that that's what it is now, it's like, Oh, okay. I know how to deal with that. Uh, this isn't my first time in the rodeo or whatever, uh, you know, um, I've been addicted to cigarettes and when I first stopped, it sucked and it. Um, you know it was very difficult and with well, after a few months and so forth it was like history and it always has been and that happened when I was 25 never became an issue again and that's the way it can be with uh depression um, once we uh do some of the exercises I talk about doing the uh, there's 12 steps and AA uses them and other organizations and by uh, trying to apply those, at least try to get an understanding of each one um, and do the best that we can at that time uh, of using them, you know, we can le- lead a damn good life. And um, that's what I'm doing. And the so this whole idea, it's like I used to have beliefs that, oh, every month I'm going to have at least a week where I'm down and out, like I can't even go go out of the house. And once I realized what I just said to you, um, that is not so. And I just had to confront that. It's like, no, uh, that might have been a past cycle that was happening only because I was telling myself that's what was going to happen. And so by breaking an addiction and accepting the unmanageability and, and taking a look and taking it apart, doubting my doubts, all of these things working with a psychologist um, it's a whole different ball game and uh, that made me want to if you uh, know anything about the 12 steps in the 12th one once you've had this revelation uh, it's about trying to share it with others so that uh, by me teaching like what I'm doing right now here with this podcast uh, and reaching out that that's how I uh, stay better and uh, that's, that's how AA started, and, you know, it was just a couple of drunks talking to another drunk, and it's worldwide. And I really um, would like to see that because pe- there's a ton of people, most people, I mean, that deal with depression and to the point where it's not a major one like I started this podcast, the, today's show at, but um, it's an issue, uh, and any addiction, it's, it, it's, it's more of an addiction when, you know, it's having a pretty big negative inf- influence in your life, um, spending too much time in depression, uh, causing you to, you know, just not be available for family, friends, or on your job. And, you know, so um, for those types of people that have not been in any other uh, type 12-step program and so forth, because they haven't needed it. They're not alcoholics or drug addicts or what have you. And uh, so to apply these steps are great for anyone and you don't have to be the bottom of the barrel, the chronic bipolar uh, personality disorder type uh, person to be able to use these skills and these steps to lead a happier, more productive life, because when I'm addressing, you know, if uh, I had uh, depression knocking at the door earlier in the week, and it just sort of sucks my energy out and stuff, and and so it was like time to do some of the things I've just mentioned: doubting my doubts, taking a sheet of paper, doing a little journaling. Um, and digging around to see, okay, you know, what is this? And once I did that, it was like, oh, huh, wow, I didn't realize there was that much going on in my head. And I addressed it. And guess what? My energy level came up. I feel better. I'm not taking a three-hour nap in the afternoon. And I'm enjoying myself. I'm reaching out to other people. I'm I'm here now. I'm going out for a ride on my bicycle or down to the beach. Um, yeah. And uh, that's what I'd like to see happen uh, 90% of the time uh, instead of only 40% of the time, <laughs> okay? And uh, because it's not like I've all my life or whatever that I was always in this state of mind. I mean, obviously, I had great triumphs. I started a business. I had five children, raising five kids. We had a lot of fun together. And so it's not all... Uh, doom and gloom. But uh, any um, time that there was uh, serious issues, uh, definitely depression or alcohol and drugs and stuff were involved. And um, so you get the nut of this, I believe, uh, and what I'm talking about. And um, I hope that you will continue to listen, but please be aware that this isn't a this, you know, you're beyond, if you're doing the things that I just mentioned before of the suicidal ideology and all that kind of stuff, this is not enough. I mean, um, please reach out. There's a million other people out there that are helping people with uh, depression and suicidal thinking. And I hope you uh, take advantage of that because your life's worth it. You know, I um, I am at a point where I am enjoying so much what I do and what I can do with my family and all that, and I—that could have been not so. I mean, uh, like some of these other, seri- you know, I could have just done it, and I don't know how many times I wished I did and uh, didn't do it, and um, but got through it, and uh, now it's even much better. I mean, it's a, just a higher quality of life. Um, you know, and when I hit a bump in the road, um, it's just a bump. You know, it doesn't, uh, you know, usually I can resolve it in a relatively short period of time and not even waste the whole day on it. And that's a big improvement. And I hope you uh, enjoyed today's podcast and have an awesome day on purpose.